Thank you for taking the time to listen to this audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center. Our prayer is that you'll be encouraged and blessed by the anointed Word of God. If you'd like more information about Apostolic Worship Center and its ministries, visit our website at www.awcnorman.com. Speak the Word of the Lord. I looked in the refrigerator this morning, and I was going to grab a bottle of water, and uh, I seen one in there. I didn't grab it because it was a really big bottle, but it said smart water. And I thought, you know, I probably should drink some of that this morning. But instead, I got Ozarka. I'm not really sure how smart Ozarka water will do me. But um, so today I come to you. Um, when, you, when you stand behind the pulpit as a minister of the, of the gospel, you are uh, carrying a weight because you have a task to share something that you feel the Lord's laid on your heart. And today I come to you with a word I felt the Lord laid on my heart, and uh, that I hope that you will just open your heart up and say, God, let it speak to me in some way. You may, I hope we don't shovel it, right? We don't just say, well, that's for somebody else back there behind me, and uh, begin to, I don't know, everybody needs to put your shovels away today, right? Let's not shovel it to the next row uh, or to the other side, but let's just let God speak to us, and God will use the word if we let him, God will use the word regardless of of the title or regardless of the text, God will use it to speak to us. And I want to let God speak to me this morning. If um, I need to ask you to allow me to tell you two stories of the stories of two men in the Bible. And uh, so I will begin to tell you a story about one man in the Bible. And if you will just bear with me, I'll transition to the other story. And then at the, at the end of that, um, I'll do my best with the Lord's help to, to tie these two men's responses together, hopefully to help us out today with some choices we must make in our own lives. So if you'll just bear with me today, there'll be two stories, two men of the Bible that I want to share with you, and maybe not the format that you're used to, but if you'll just let me preach what I feel God laid on my heart today, uh, we'll have a good time. Now, I, I, my, my notes say I only have 1,500 words, and I looked that up, and it's only 10 minutes worth of speaking. So, Brother Bob, this may be one of the shortest messages so today, no, I, I told my wife that I'm sure that hopefully the Lord will fill in the blanks and uh, that I don't think I talk as fast as they were saying that I could get this done in 10 minutes. But you know what? If God uses 10 minutes, how many of you be willing to say 10 minutes is all right as well? 30 minutes, an hour and 10 minutes? Oh, come on, I'm losing it. It's like, it's like an auction all of a sudden. All the hands go down. And so, but it'll be God's timing. And so uh, today we um, are thankful for stopwatches. I told Brother uh, Fuller before that I have a stopwatch. And uh, he was laughing at me and said, are you going to stop it or are you going to just let it run? And uh, so we're going we're gonna to just see how it goes. But uh, first, first I want to take you just to this first portion of Scripture and then you'll be seated as we go on. Matthew chapter 27 and verse number 1. Matthew 27 and verse number 1. It says, when the morning was come, all the chief priests and elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Verse 3, Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself. Everybody say he came to himself. Came to himself. He, he, when he saw what was going on, he came to himself, is what this was in, alluding to, and he repented of his actions. And and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned in that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? 
It's, it's such a powerful portion of scripture here. Did you realize and they said, see thou to that? They're, they're like, what does it matter to us? We really don't, we don't care. And so, he, verse 5, he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. And today I want to just begin today by speaking on this subject. When he came to himself. When he came to himself. And the second story will bring a little more light on that, that particular phrase. But today, can we just pray? I need the, I need the Lord to help me. I want God to help us today to receive what he has. We didn't just come, like you said this morning, we didn't come just to fill in the time this morning. We need the word, the word of God. So can you just pray right now with me as we ask God to help us? Lord, we need you this morning. We open our hearts to you. We ask you to speak your word today with power and authority that you would just manifest your presence in this place. God, we go from, uh, we go from as Brother Morgan preached the other night, from Logos, Lord, to glory. We go from just hearing your word to a manifestation of your word this morning. God, we need your power. We need your spirit to move and to speak into our hearts. And God, we are longing for more of you. We're longing for your presence to fill this place today. And God, we just want to receive from your word and respond to your word as you would have us do today. In Jesus' Jesus name we pray everyone say amen amen, amen. God bless you uh, you may be seated perhaps the the place to start to place to begin is at the end of the story it's it is now early Friday morning in Jerusalem and sometime between midnight and dawn and the Jews have finished with Jesus they have had their kangaroo court with their trumped-up charges and their false witnesses, and, and Annas uh, has had a round with Jesus, and so has Caiaphas. Their verdict is clear. This man is a blasphemer who deserves to die. The assemblage of religious leaders set out to take Jesus before Pilate, the Roman governor. He is the only one who can order Jesus to be put to death. And there is, there is movement, there's noise, and there is clatter as the group moves down the rocky hillside toward the inside of the ancient walled city into the what's called a praetorium a place where the the romans would set up their big tents where their uh their leaders would reside and and take counsel and they they're going there to that place to bring jesus to that moment uh, of, of of getting condemned to die and in the shadows, one man now forgotten, he watches, his face is strained, his eyes puffy, and his head slightly bowed. It has been a long night, and the longest of his life. How many hours have passed since the meal in the upper room? Six, maybe? Seven? Who knows? After he left, he went straight to the chief priest to make the final arrangements, and then there was the short walk in the darkness across the Kidron, Kidron Valley and up, up the wooden slope to the, of the Mount of Olives, and the, the, the whole thing lasted just a few minutes as he walked, and as he came to that moment in the garden where he walks and says a few words, it was a blur, a few words, a, a, a brief kiss, and then the angry comments from Peter and the others, then Jesus was arrested and taken away from that place and so in his hands Judas held the little bag that contained the 30 pieces of silver he hadn't even bothered to count it and no one noticed him now it was like he was yesterday's news and no one had any use for a traitor and through the long night he had waited hanging around the edges of the crowd listening for some word of how things were were going what exactly did he expect is the question that comes to mind no one 
knows for sure what he expected. But if at midnight he wanted to see Jesus die, at the darkest moment, at the moment when he led the soldiers to where Jesus was at, at the darkest moment of midnight, maybe it was the middle of the night possibly, when he brings them to him and he wanted Jesus to die by sunrise on that morning, the next morning he had changed his mind. Memories flooded his mind. Can you imagine the, the smile on the face of Jairus' daughter when Jesus raised her from the dead? Could you imagine the memory, the look on Peter's face when he walked on the water and it actually held him up? Now, let me just pause for a moment. You realize Judas was most likely at all of these events in Jesus' ministry. I don't know, I, I didn't have a, a scholarship in learning exactly the timelines, but just by looking at the words that we do know of the Bible, we find that he was most likely at every one of these things I mentioned, the, 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 the uh, raising of the dead and the healing of the lepers, the, that, uh, watching Peter walk on the water, and then the picture of those 12 baskets of food left over after Jesus fed the 5,000 and he could see it all in his mind and he could hear it all in his head and all the memories were almost too much to bear on that Friday morning. That morning that he realized something was happening. Then the rumor spread that Jesus had been condemned to die and he shouldn't have been surprised, but he was. For a moment there was a commotion in the courtyard and Judas saw Jesus as he was being uh, led away to Pilate. He didn't see him clearly, but just a glimpse of his face from a distance, he knew it was him. And overwhelmed is the, is the word that comes to mind. The overwhelmed, that's the only word to use. Judas was overwhelmed with the thoughts that Jesus was going to die. And in that moment, it came to him in a blinding flash. He had made a grave mistake. And in a moment's time, he had made the greatest mistake of his life. So great a mistake that he must have somehow, he must somehow find a way to make things right. And with that thought filling his mind, he took the bag of money and he tried to give it back. As we read today, he tried to give it back to the priest and to those religious leaders. He tried to give it back to them and somehow fix the situation that he was involved in. He thought that maybe he could give it back to them and everything would be okay. But the, the chief priests, they laughed at him and, and they said, I, I don't really care what you do with the money. They have no more use of him or his money. They had what they wanted. And in desperation in the book of Matthew 27 verse 4 we find that Judas cried out I have sinned for I have betrayed innocent blood and every word was true he had done it and what he had done was the worst sin imaginable he had betrayed the Lord Jesus and with that he throws the money into the temple he throws the money into the temple and the coins clinking and ringing as they hit the stone pavement. And as Judas turned to go, the 30 pieces of silver, they stayed behind him. And Judas not only lost his relationship with the Lord, but he also lost his money. He lost everything that he had invested in that moment in and that, that time frame of his life in. And the Bible tells us that he went away and he hanged himself. And it is the final act of a man who could not live with himself and the memory of what he had done. It's the ultimate irony of this, in this tragic day, if you stop and think about it, is that Judas died before Jesus did. And if I may go to the second story. Luke chapter 15. In verse number 11. 
Bible tells us that there was a man. A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And the father divided. He divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the young son gathered all together and he took his journey into a far country. And there he wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, everybody say spent all. There arose a mighty famine in that land and he began to be in want. And it goes down to verse 17. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? And he said in verse 18, I will arise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no longer, am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. In verse number 20, it begins, it says, And he arose, and he came to his father. The story of the prodigal son is a very familiar story to most of us. And we are told of the incident by Jesus that a man in the story has a, a, a couple sons, has two sons, and the youngest decides to, to walk away and leave his father's house and take his inheritance uh, with him and squander it on riotous, and, which is wasteful and, 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 and loose living, if you will. The Bible tells us that, uh, that it was given or marked by unrestrained revelry. He takes everything he has and he goes and he lives and he was living it up. Everybody say it, living it up. Come on, you got to do the quotes. That makes it really good. Living it up. In his own mind, having a good time. He was having a good time living it up and uh, not, a, not giving thought to what the result of his actions would be. And he had lots of friends when the money bag was full. Amen. He had lots of friends when the money bag was full and when the party was in full swing. But, but one day, everybody say one day. One day the money bag was empty. It ran dry. No more funds. The ATM receipt shows insufficient funds, as he, the banking business likes to call it. I'm sure most of us have seen that at some point in our life. One by one, the friends begin to walk away. The friends begin to leave the party, and soon the party was over for the prodigal son. I wish we knew his name. Wouldn't you like to know his name? I don't know. I just want to call him. I want to call him by his name. Because he was a real person. And in our mind, imagination, he's a real person. It's somebody we, we can get a hold of. But he had taken the precious gift of his inheritance and thrown it into the mire of self-indulgence. And he partied the blessing of the Father right into the pit of hell. And he was no longer surrounded by, by the commotion of having a good time and, and drowning out the voice of the loving Father calling him back home. But the party was over and the young son is looking around at that moment and realizing that he is in bad shape. It says he came to himself. He came to himself in a moment where he realized that everything I just thought was so important has become very unimportant right now. Everything that was going so good is now not going so good in my life. And the, the destructive patterns that I'm living in are only bringing me to into a place of despair and sadness. And he is left with nothing but emptiness and despair begins to fill his soul as he realizes he is alone, that there are no friends, that there is nobody around him. There is no Nobody that's there with him. He is alone. He is afraid. He has no one to lean on for help. So he begins to formulate a, a plan in his mind. He begins to look for somewhere to lay his head. He says, ah, I better fix this. 
And he goes and he, he begins to search. He searches around throughout the place he is, the country he's in. He says, I don't have any money. I don't have any friends. I don't have any family. I don't have anybody here right now with me. I don't have anybody. What am I supposed to do? I'm going to go. I'm going to go make a name for myself. I'm going to go and I'm going to make a name for myself. I will, I will find a way to get back on my feet and make this work. And so he goes into uh, this place where he says, I'm going to find a job and I'm going to try to make some money. And he's alone and he has nothing else, nobody to lean on. And so he begins to look for somewhere just to have food and a place to lay his head. And he begins to think he can bail himself out of the situation. And he finds a man that needs help feeding his hogs. And he goes to work for him. He finally can make a name for himself again. Now, nothing against feeding hogs, because I don't want to offend anybody. But that is the nastiest, stinkiest job that I've ever seen. And this is what he found for himself. Brother Bo, this is what he found. I'll make a name for myself. Yeah, they're going to smell you coming. I'm going to make a name for myself. He can finally start a new life. But as the days go by, he finds himself hungry. And so hungry that he would feign, or the Bible says feign, or it would be willingly have filled his belly with the husk that the hogs were eating. But no one would give him anything. And, and verse 17 is where it begins to take shape for the word today. As I bring you this this morning, when, when he came to himself, he began to think of a loving father he had left back at home. And under the influence of self-indulgence, he had left behind the safety of a father's provision. And his vision was blurred by the rush of an, a riotous lifestyle. The lust of his eyes and the flesh had deceived him into taking the inheritance he had been given and mocking. God than the ways of his father but upon awakening on his of his conscience he realized that he had it way better back home at daddy's house and so today I want to somehow tie this together for you I want to tie this together for us. I hope you know today that every time I stand by the pulpit, I preach to myself as well because God has spoken through this word to my heart as well. As I've sat and I've tried to study and I've tried to put the, the things together, I found myself that it's, it's touched my heart and breaking down even in crying as I feel the urgency of the word of God in these two stories and namely uh, the first one. In both the stories, the Bible, uh, the, the, there's a moment where the subject has to come to the realization that they had it all wrong and that there was a chance to make uh, right about their future, to make a choice about their future decisions. And Judas became greedy or self-centered. Judas took the money and Judas betrayed Jesus and walked out in the darkness of night. And Judas came to himself when he realized that Jesus was the Son of God. And Judas made the decision to walk away rather than walk back to Jesus and ask for forgiveness. If you could get it pictured in your mind, that there's a moment when all of a sudden, when all the events come together, that Judas stops and thinks, you know what, I, there's something wrong. I had it a lot better off in the, right there in the company of Jesus. 
Jesus. I had it a lot better off in the company of the disciples and the people of God. I had it a lot better off before I I thought somehow money was going to get me through and having the 30 pieces of silver was going to be a great investment in my life. Somehow there was an awakening that happened that day. I don't know what it was. I don't know what he saw. If it was the crown of thorns being placed on Jesus' head or if it was whenever they beat his face and he didn't do anything when they spit in his face and he didn't do anything. Something awakened inside of Judas's heart that day and he said, I know that I've made a bad choice. I've made a bad decision in my life and I've got to go figure out how to make this right. And he runs back with the money, with the pocket full of change and he throws it down and says, here, I want to give this back to you. I have done the wrong thing and I wish I had the New Living Translation version up there that they basically told him, we don't care. We don't have anything to do with your money. We don't care what you do. We're done with you is pretty much what they said. And he said, he says that he threw the money into the temple. He threw the money into the temple. And just maybe for a moment we could stop and use our imagination. And for a moment we could see that maybe in the back of his head there was a voice that began to talk to him. A voice of reason. A voice of, 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 of conviction. And a voice of Jesus speaking into his head and saying, where are you going, Judas? As he turns from the, uh, the temple, this is the part of the story that really grips my heart today. And I don't know what it's for and why God has laid it on my heart for today. But I will preach it today with all that I have because I feel like God is tugging on our heart. And he said as Judas, I believe as Judas walked away, that there was a voice that cried out, where are you going, Judas? Where are you going, Judas? And as Judas began to walk away uh, from that place in the temple, and that he instead of walking towards Jesus, where he knew there was an answer, where he knew he could find the hope that he needed, oh, that somehow that voice would have got his attention. But instead of going back to Jesus and asking for forgiveness, forgiveness he turned and he walked into a place of solitude in a place of desertedness in a place of despair and the bible tells us that he hanged himself he hanged himself forever separated from god in that moment the voice crying out Where are you going, Judas? Realization had come. And now all that was asked is repentance. All that was asked is that he turn around and he go a different direction and go back to Jesus where he knew that he should be. And I don't know what was going through his mind. A man that had walked with Jesus and and a man that had seen the miracles and a man that had felt the presence of God and a man that had seen the the deaf ears open and the blind eyes open and, and the man that had seen Jesus raise dead people and forgive people of their sins and say, rise and take up thy bed and walk. What is it in the heart of Judas that was so so strong that he did not listen to the voice because he came to himself he knew that he needed to make a change the prodigal son is one that gets a bad rap from a lot of people he did the same thing became greedy or self-centered <laughs> give me my money I'm going he took the money And he betrayed his father and walked into the dark world of sin and self-indulgence. But, like I read to you a moment ago in chapter 
15 of Luke, verse 17, and he came to himself. And when he came to himself, he realized that the father really did love him and that he had it better in daddy's house than he had in the pig's house. He had it better that day in whoever's the farm he was taking care of. They were not taking care of him as good as what daddy would take care of him. And so something began to stir up in the prodigal. And something began to stir in his spirit and say, I was a lot better off whenever I was at daddy's house. I was a lot better off when I was in my father's house. I want you to know today that there's a voice that's calling out. And as we may have made decisions in our life that led us down a bad path, it may have led us down a deserted highway, it may led us to a place of desert a famine and place separate from God that there's a voice that calls out from the front porch of the father's house it says where are you prodigal son where are you going prodigal son and as he made his way uh, to that pig pen the voice was still there and that day he stood up and he said I must go back to my father's house he made a decision that day and he made a decision to get up out of the pit of despair and filth and brush himself off and start walking back to daddy's house. You see, the response is everything. The response is everything. Is they all, they both had greed in their hearts. They both had taken the money. They both had betrayed somebody in their life, a very important part. They both have went into the darkness of night or the darkness of the world. They both came to themselves and realized that, that they had had it better off where they used to be in a place of relationship with the Father and a place of relationship with God. And they said, I know that I need to go back to that place of reconciliation. And I'm here today to tell you that there's something in my heart that cries out. It says there's no sin too bad. There's nothing you've done that's too bad. There's no, uh, there's no link that is too far away. No matter how far you walk away from him, he's still standing on the porch and he's still calling out and he's saying, where are you? Where are you? Because when you're lost in despair and you're lost in the filth of this world, and there's still a voice that calls and there's something that sometimes we come to ourselves and say, I need something to happen in my life and I want you to know that this day is a day that can happen. that we don't just play church. We meet with God. We meet with the King of kings and the Lord of lords in this place and we feel that no matter what you're going through, this church believes no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, that there is hope for every soul until they're in the grave and there's no more life left in their body. We believe that they can be risen again in newness of life and with the baptism of the Holy Ghost evidenced by speaking in tongues. Oh, somebody say it. A repentant heart in their spirit and come to an altar of repentance. And you know what? I realize that I've done wrong. I realize that I've sinned against God and I've got to repent of where I am going. And then I turn around and walk a different direction. Three words that came to my mind. I've got them written down. I took some paper notes. You'd be proud of me. I didn't just type them up on my computer. But three words is realization. The realization was I need to return to home. I need to return to where I used to be or where I know I need to be. But a big word that's between these, uh, these two words I'm going to talk about right now are, is one called repentance. Asking God 
for forgiveness. Why didn't Judas do it? Why didn't Judas do it? I don't know where God's going with this today, and I'm sorry if you, if you think it's maybe shovel it to the next pew, that's, that's what you do, but I'm my heart saying, why? What got in the heart of Judas? That he didn't understand that if he just would have came to Jesus at that moment of repentance and say, I'm so sorry. I turned my back on you and I walked away. I betrayed you, Jesus. Jesus, I know Jesus would have gladly taken him back. So the question that I hope we leave here today, one is that, why? Where are you going, Judas? You're going the wrong direction. Turn around, repent. Turn around and go back to Jesus. The third word, the third word is restoration. Some have been sitting in the pit with the hogs and those things that come crashing down around them. And they realize that they don't bring fulfillment that they hope they would bring. Rather, they brought despair and sadness that was left looking for a way out like Judas did. But the prodigal son made a decision to turn around and go back to the father's house. And as my wife comes today as a piano, play the piano to give you hope. Let me tell you a little bit about what happened. <clears throat> as the conscience was awakened and he realized that he had it way better back home, he gets up, and he goes back, and he begins to formulate a plan in his mind to return home. He began to rehearse his speech. I have sinned against you and against heaven. And I'm no longer worthy to be called your son, but just make me a hired servant. All the way home. I don't know how far he went. I don't know how far he went, Brother Bo. I don't know how far he went. But all the way home. Every step. I'm sorry. I made some bad choices. I'm no longer worthy. I've sinned against you, Father. I've sinned against heaven. I'm no longer worthy to be called a son. Just make me a servant. Just let me be in your house. I know you'll take care of me. And all the way home, he rehearsed it over and over from the way things played out. We find a very notable thing. If you stand together with me today. From the way things played out, dad had obviously rehearsed it as well. Dad had been rehearsing it on the front porch every day. <laughs> because they were still on the road. So when the father saw the son coming down that dusty path, says he ran. He came. He came to meet him. He seen him and he ran, I believe, as fast as he could as he recognized that face and he come and he fell on his neck and the young man begins to cry out and say, oh, I, I'm so sorry. But, 
but there had already been a rehearsal going on because someone knew to bring the ring and someone knew to bring the robe and someone already knew to kill who the fatted calf was that was to be killed. He had already been making preparations saying, I know my son's going to come back home. I'm going to prepare for him to come down that road. And somehow today I want to just submit to you, whether you're in this building or somehow somebody online is hearing this, and if you have left the father's house and went on your own way living extravagantly, riotous living, unrestrained revelry, not giving thought to your fa- what your father has in mind for you. Today, I want you to know that just as you and I have rehearsed in our minds how to come before God and ask him for forgiveness and restore us, God has been pacing the floor waiting for us to come to ourselves. And he will do what he will do when he, you come back to him. He is planning for a party that will not be interrupted by a curse and a death. He wants you to be restored to his family. So today, I just want to invite all of us. I know a message like this, you know, if one person steps forward and comes up, that everybody's going to think they're the sinner. We're all sinners, saved by grace. And then I wonder if any person that could possibly in the physical capability to walk to the front of the sanctuary today would just say, I'm going to step out and I'm going to join everybody in my church family. And we're going to make it feel really comfortable for anybody that wants to come forward today and that wants to make a commitment to God to say, Lord, I've come to myself. I've come to myself and I realize that the life that I maybe had lived, the, the things maybe I had done or not, are not what it should have been, oh God. But God, I know that you're forgiving. I know that you're a loving God and you care and you care about everything in my life. And I just come to you, Lord, to consecrate my life, to come and to give myself back to you, Lord. I come, Lord, to turn everything around and go back the way I should be going, Lord. Somehow today, somebody would make a decision that I've stood still long enough. I've stayed in this place long enough. It's time to take a step forward. It's time to take a step towards him and say, God, I'm giving you all of my life. I'm giving you everything right now God I'm coming to you Lord I'm coming back to the father's house I wonder if you can make your way to this altar today it doesn't make you a church member it just makes you a part of the family of God when you begin to consecrate and you begin to become a part of what God's doing right now we're just saying God we just want you to move in our life Lord God remove every distraction around us right now God oh God help us today Lord help us God to turn our attention onto you God oh we need you oh God if somebody would say God I'm repenting of anything that I've done I'm repenting oh God and I need restoration Lord I need forgiveness I need Lord to be restored to a place in your kingdom oh God restore us oh God restore us oh God restore us oh God oh Jesus we need you Lord come on can we praise him right now oh can we open our hearts up right now to him today Oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, speak to our hearts today, God. Oh, let us hear the call of the Father. Oh, can we hear the cry of the Father? Where are you going? Why are you walking the other direction? Why are you going away from what I've called you to do? Why are you walking away from that relationship of God with God? 
Hallelujah. You have been listening to an audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center located in Norman, Oklahoma. We are located at 3221 North Porter Avenue, Norman, Oklahoma, 73071. Our service times are Sunday at 10 o'clock a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. And we also have various ministries happening on Wednesday night. For more information, visit our website, www.awcnorman.com. Call us at 405-329-1285 or email us at info at awcnorman.com. We hope that this recording has been a blessing to you.